Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Igor Tribune podcast. I hope everyone is doing well and is staying safe, as we are still in the COVID era and everyone is going back to their old ways. This month, we are trying something new with my new staff. So first, I'm going to let them introduce themselves, starting Yo, with Yaritzi. what's up? I'm Yaritzi Garcia. Hey, I'm Teresa Castro. Hi, I'm Destiny Fuentes. Hi, I'm Valentin Oriano. Hi, I'm Edris Pio Quinto. And I am Freedom Warrior, and I'm the editor-in-chief of this podcast. So like I mentioned before, we're going to start off this new season of the podcast differently. All of last year, my staff and I mainly did our own spots and worked independently. So just like we were still at home doing Zoom and all that stuff. So we were just really by ourselves. However, we are starting this year off with a group episode. So it's sort of like a roundtable. And this is to get everyone comfortable with the podcast and just have a conversation about what we're reporting on today. For our first episode, we are going to be talking about Suicide Prevention Month, which is September. The topic of suicide is a sensitive topic to talk about, uh, but it's also very important. So this is kind of like your warning, okay? Uh, we are going to go through this episode by through sections. And we are starting with our first section, which is facts about suicide. And I'm going to let Vanatin take this section over. Um, all right, some facts about suicide are there are that there are around 48,000 deaths per year caused by suicide in the United States. And the common age group for suicide is 45 to 55 years old. Some reasons that people commit suicide is, are like stress about money or family problems or things of that sort. So to be honest with you guys, I thought like, like the age group would be kind of younger, you know, like 45 to 55. For reals? I mean, honestly, I think it's like 45 to 55 is like the age where um, you're basically like um, going through like work and like paying off the bills like, and like or even trucks that you um, got even like when you were younger. So maybe even um, I guess that's a reasonable like age for that. But there's also very um, young people that commit suicide. Just like my problem, you know? Yeah. Um. You know, as teenagers, we do go through a lot of stuff, but I guess that is that is a very good, like, not good, but, like, it is a reasonable age, um, yeah, <laughs> for people to be committing suicide, because it is a tough time in their life at that point. Um, so, right now, we're going to be talking about reviews from mental hospitals, and I'm going to hand it over to Yaritzi and uh, Teresa. All right, well... Um... So section two was reviews for mental hospitals and like we looked, um, we divided this into two categories. Um, it was first worst reviewed mental hospitals and um, best reviewed mental hospitals, but we're, we're first going to go for the first section. So the worst reviewed hospital we found was El Paso MHMR. The overall rating was 1.0 stars and there was literally one review for this mental hospital. It was kind of sad. <laughs> and um, Ambition for Better 07 quoted, the phantom is very rude and disrespectful. I'm guessing phantom as in like the people or like the personnel working in the mm -hmm. this clinic, you know? Yeah. And I mean, um, regarding that, there was only one comment. I mean, is I mean you can. That was the only tell. comment. Yeah, that was the only comment on it. <laughs> wow. And it was bad. So yeah. 
Okay, um, another bad review is from El Paso Behavioral Health System, and this one had an overall rating of 2.3 stars. Um, there is some good, good reviews, but mostly bad ones. The good reviews consisted of food, which is not really what it should be reviewed for, but we are looking for how they deal with one situation. The comfort and confidence they give you, the food should have nothing to do with your mental health issues. I feel like, um, yeah, like, I feel like the rating you give for a mental health hospital should be like the overall way they took care of you while you were staying there, not the food. Yeah, it's not a restaurant, <laughs> you know? If it was a restaurant, I'd understand the food rating. <laughs> yeah. Sandy um, Gonzalez stated, if I could rate this place a zero, I would. The psychologicalist belittle people that go get treatment and help. They're going because obviously there are issues they need to work on. For him to sit there and treat people unhuman is disgusting. I will be calling him and report him and this place. He clearly likes to judge people and tell them that their mental problems is all in their head. Like really, they still go so they can seek help and he treats them like that. If he wants to be the one to judge, Look at him with his blue nail polish and eyeliner. Looks like he needs help as well. He should be fired and no longer employed. There, he has no compassion and is no professional. And the next review is from this kid. Master Miku on Google Reviews stated that, Hey, thank you for helping me. I made friends that really understand me, but I just didn't like the people working there. Maybe it's just because I'm a kid, but thank you. I totally agree because me, myself, I went to a mental hospital and I know that um, the people there who I made friends with were the ones who helped me rather than the people who worked there, who were there to help you. The friends I made were the ones who helped me overall, not the people who were there to help me. Yeah. Um, and if it's like coming from t two people, you know, a kid and an, an adult, like, okay, well then, then you should know like there's something wrong with your staff and you got to change that. So next. So um, this is I think the last. Well, yeah, this is the last place I was like rated worst of the event hospitals in El Paso. Um, it's called Peak Behavioral Health Services, and the overall rating for this was two point five stars. So literally every single one of these pieces reviews is bad. I mean, insanely bad. Starting with personnel not caring about you at all, and then yelling at you instead of helping, like you out. And I'm guessing it was your mom that mentioned that. The personnel had called CPS and you decided not to take your child against medical device. Their job is to help you out and not make things worse, you know? Jeez, man. Yeah, so um, Rhiannon Sisiwa, she stated that she was there a week ago and she hated every moment of it. That um, they always preach about getting help or using coping skills. I do either and yet I get in trouble. I would laugh at even the, stupid, the stupidest things because that is my, because that is my coping skill. To think of something funny and laugh, I get yelled at for doing that. The food there was terrible. I'd rather eat school food than the food there. The staff there don't care about us. Whenever I feel that I need to talk to someone, no one is there. People are always saying unhelpful things or ignoring the situations. I get in trouble for talking to someone who is more helpful than all the staff combined. And I get yelled at I me mean, for venting is triggering, like they care about being triggered. The hygiene products are terrible. I tried telling the doctor about a nightmare that I had and it was how is it gonna how it was bothering me. Do you know what he said? He told me to just stream something else. Like 
if I can dream of something else, I I would. The staff cares a lot more about themselves, like the rules and their own triggers of the patients there. I could tell you all about things, but that would just make an entire book series. Wow. So long story short, don't go there and don't send a loved one there. It's a terrible place with terrible staff. Heck, the patients were more helpful than control than the staff. That's honestly like heartbreaking to read. Um, and I'm also like reading all the reviews too when I see that there's like sentences in caps. So like, you can yeah. tell that they're, they're angry. Um, but I mean, if it's a, if it's a coping mechanism, don't, don't stop somebody from trying to cope with what they're going through. You know, yeah. like we get it, you know, people, you know, this type of, this topic like kind of riles me up because it's very important to talk about. But if somebody is trying to better themselves and trying to actually help themselves by talking to somebody else, then let them like don't <laughs> don't stop them. And then we're gonna go over more coping skills um, or mechanisms later, but um, or techniques as I should say. So that's honestly just heartbreaking to hear. I mean, and for the for the both the food and like the uh, like um what's it called? The food and what? Like the and um, service. The, the, the service. Uh-huh. It's just like both bad. I mean that must suck. I mean the last one was just like food and not related. Uh-huh. But, like, both service and that is just... I but mean, then, like, the doctor here, like, it said, uh, he told me to just dream something else. Like, really? Yeah. Like, really? No, it's not even healthy. <laughs> it's not going to help like, at all. It's just, like, you know what? Do this, do that. Forget about, like, like about me helping you. You know, it's just... That's yeah, that's just... supposed to be, you know? If at that point, help, at that point, they're just there for the paycheck. Yeah. If they're going to say that. Yeah. I mean, if, they're, if you're working on a mental hospital that really wants... To help people then you should actually do that you know mm-hmm. not just waste their time and like they're like wanting to help like themselves you know yeah 100 percent agree right now moving on to the best review so, so for the best reviews um this place got an overall overall rating of a solid five stars and this place was university Men- medical center of el paso most of this place's reviews are five point stars and up. Um, I mean, four point five stars and up. The statements don't say much. I'm guessing they just read it without saying anything about it in general. And since there's like not much statements, I feel like the reviews are an inaccurate reflection of how the hospital like is, because there is only like one review. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Um, just heads up, every single one of these um, that, are, that are reviewed menstrual hospitals have a solid five stars. Yeah. If okay. I'm, okay. Okay, there's one with 4.9 stars, but it's pretty close. Yeah. So um, the second one would be Lamente Behavioral Health. And this this mental hospital was had an overall rating of five solid stars as well. Uh, Anthony Martinez stated that he was there a week ago and hated every moment of it. Uh, they always uh, preach about um, like um, coping skills and like I, f- I feel like this is also a review from the same person from this other previous mental hospital and they were just basically saying that, that, that the food is just really bad and um, you rather eat school food and um, <laughs> <laughs> like um, it just really don't care about you at all and just the, the staff is pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. 
but like most of it was like pretty um pretty solid um statements about this um mental hospital i mean every single one of those has like really good um reviews and it's like basically them talking about the staff being like really friendly and talking to them as in like friendship wise mm -hmm. instead of like their job you know yeah and i feel like that's how it should be like um for example me with my patient i rather treat them treat them as like having a good friendship instead of just like meh i'm over here like um this is my work i have to do this yeah you know i feel like that really helps the patient a lot and like um really gets them going you know yeah that's another you actually care yeah you know that's a way to show that you actually care about your patient you actually care about helping other people mm -hmm. and that's honestly one of the big things it's like many people are like oh yeah i'm gonna be a therapist i'm gonna be this and be that but if you really don't if you're there only for the money like what's the point you know yeah it's 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 a really big issue so the next one Teresa, take it off So the next hospital um, is Basel, the Norte Health Foundation, and the overall rating is 4.9 stars. Carlos Goran stated, an amazing organization that help, helped launch the Paso Film Festival. The, their philanthropy and support is what helped create our organization. So the reviews were very short and sweet, basically straight to the point. Miguel Cortez stated, amazing foundation supporting health initiatives on both sides of the border. Great offices. Based off of the ratings of themselves, I can conclude that this is one of the best mental hospitals in El Paso. Yeah, I mean, um, this uh, this is the lowest one from like the best reviewed um, mental hospitals, having a 4.9 star review. Mm -hmm. But um, I think most of these like reviews that we checked up on, me and Teresa, they were basically just like stating how um like this organization um how like partnered up with like some other organizations to make like events for yeah. the people that go to their organizations like to have fun and to interact you know mm -hmm. so i feel that that's also like a like it contributes to helping the people that are there you know the patients uh -huh. and um i love places that do that um the the place that where my mom works at it's emergency health network and they also do stuff like that, like events. And uh, for those of you who don't know what Emergency Health Network is, it deals with mental health. Um, and they always have like events there. And I believe that organizations that do do that really care about the people, really care about what they're doing in order to, to have good service and just make people feel comfortable, like hope again, you know, restore hope. You know, there so. are many, like, um, companies that do this, and um, I went to one, actually, but this one's located in Anthony, and um, it's called Amanecer, you know, yeah, well, um, it was, it was a really good experience, I mean, like, they give you, like, little things to, like, um, like, while you're talking with them, mm -hmm. they give you little things, like, for example, like, squishies, or, you know, just, like, stress balls, and honestly, I mean, I'm gonna be completely honest with you, it was, like, pretty good like they had stuff for you there they had stuff for you like to draw but like basically because like most other patients were kids so like they deal basically with kids but they would they also partnered up with this um and halloween it was an event and they had like many like for example like police officers firefighters they had um a bunch of like organizations there 
and you basically like you could go dressed up and then you could um circle around like every single station and they would give you candy there was also a haunted house and i think that also really helped me a lot with my mental health too and um especially in halloween i mean you know it's supposed to be like oh spooky scary yeah. type of thing but it really brought like peace and basically just like friendship and yeah. like kind of like hope hope for humanity you know it's like yeah it's it was a pretty good experience i mean i really i really like um organizations to do this yeah so now we'll, we will be moving on to some stories that others have shared about their experiences with suicidal behavior or losing someone to suicide. Um, but first, I want to tell you guys that these stories are kind of, they have a lot of detail in them. So we're just going to summarize them. Um, I'm going to pass this on off to Aris. So um, after this first story, I'm going to summarize it a bit. But after this, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent because the title of the second section kind of you know, it kind of wants me to talk about that itself. So the first story is from White Reef Association. I think that's where I got it from. I think the story also mentions it. So the first one is called I Am So Angry. Uh, my partner and I had been together for over 25 years. He was 61 at the time of death. On the evening of his death, we had a huge fight as I just found out he was having an affair with another woman. He, he asked me to forgive him, but I was so angry I did just did not want to listen to what he had to say. Shortly after we went to bed, he got up, took something out of his side chest of tables and went into the computer room. I waited a little as I had calmed down by then and wanted to see what he was doing. The door of the computer room was slightly opened and I pushed it fully open. He was sitting on a chair with a shotgun between his legs with string attached from his toe to the trigger of the shotgun. Uh, before I could say anything, he pulled the trigger with his toe and shot himself in the head. His whole head and blood was splattered all over me and the room from top to bottom. I screamed and ran outside, screaming for help. Nobody heard me. I had to ring the police, but my partner pulled the phone line out of the wall. I grabbed my mobile phone to call them, and they came almost immediately. What I saw has absolutely traumatized me, and I had terrible nightmares. The worst was I had to pay specialized cleaners to come and clean all the mess and to make it cheaper for myself. I assisted them with the cleanup. I had no choice financially. I do blame myself which I know I shouldn't but I keep thinking if only we did not have that huge fight and he would still be alive my thoughts and emotions are running rampant of what I could have done what I should have done what I should have said and tormenting myself the why and the if I am angry that nobody wants to help me I'm angry that nobody seems to care I am angry at him for doing what he did and I'm angry that I can talk about what happened I'm so angry it seems to be consuming me at least the right white wreath association against suicide has listened to my concerns and totally understands what i'm going through i sent the white wreath association a photo of my partner and through them my partner will always be remembered on right white wreath day in remembrance of all victims of suicide wow um when i was going over the script and i read that i was like geez man it's it's crazy it's crazy that it's just not the ones who who have gone through like suicide, suicidal thoughts, have had suicidal thoughts that are affected. It's the ones who have actually probably like witnessed it, lost somebody to it. Those who are around them, like, I can't, can't believe it. It's kind of like, um, like the, from the story, like a survivor's guilt, but it's not really survivor's guilt, but it's just guilt. Like she feels bad that 
that she had that fight with him. And if it wasn't for that fight, then he'd probably still be alive. Like, it's just really sad to think about, you know? I mean, uh, oh, no, go ahead. It's also just really gray. I don't know if that's like the right word to describe it, but you know, you kind of do have a right to argue with your partner if you mm -hmm. find out they're cheating on you, mm -hmm. especially when they're this old, you know, like you've probably been together for a long time. Um, but it's just really sad that they, you know, shot them so the end of their life because that just shows how much they love them, even if they did cheat. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I guess it is just tragic. It is tragic. Okay, the second story. This is where I'm going to go off on my tangent, I'm sorry. Uh, two, the victim of a shameful health system. Now, recently I've been having my own views on the health system, specifically mental health while we're on this topic. Mm -hmm. um, I've been uh, turned away from multiple health like associations because they either wouldn't take my mom's uh, insurance or the time that she worked. Like the time I was at school, the time she worked, it just didn't match up. So I was constantly turned away, even though I'm like diagnosed with autism and ADHD, all that stuff. Um, they still would not take me, even though it's insurance. And like, I think that's such a sad thing to like turn away multiple depressed people for their insurance of all things. And it's just so, so sad because, you know, one time I broke down after they turned us away again because I thought no one wanted to help me. And I still kind of do think that. And recently i also found out there was this uh social worker that was supposed to be meeting me with me in school for the past like month they never showed up <laughs> they were paid to do this they never showed up and so yeah i think the mental health system how people like don't care or that's what i think right now because i've never had someone care right now from what i've seen so far Wow. And that's just my experience, but yeah, the mental health system definitely isn't perfect, or at least good from how I'm experiencing it right now. Mm -hmm. So that that's my little tangent. If you guys want to add to that, you can. Man, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Whoever did, oh, you know what? They need to get their stuff together because, <laughs> like, this is, mental health is like a very important topic. Like, it's very important. If somebody doesn't have a good mental health then things probably won't end good. And people need to, people who work in that, like, how would you say it? People who work in that, what, profession? Profession, yeah. They, they have to do it because they actually want to help people, not just, not just leave somebody to basically try to survive on their own with their problems. People get paid for this stuff and they get, they just get paid for this stuff and then they're not even gonna follow through with it. Are you serious? Like, come on. I swear. Okay, so if anybody else wants to add anything to that, feel free. And if not, then I we can I just think it's really messed up, like how... Okay, first of all, you're taking that job, that opportunity to help someone else, and you just completely throw it off just because like you don't feel like it. You know, it's like, it all bases off of like the person's like mental health and their thoughts that like you need to worry about. I mean, first of all, like why would, for example, if you, if I, it was a loved one that was going through this, would you still just like throw it like the paternity away and just walk away without like changing anything? 
it's just like this is really like um very unfortunate like how could people do this you know especially to other people like working in this profession like you said um like if you're doing this do this for a reason you know if you're not gonna do it like if you're gonna do it just to get paid and not do your job first of all it's just like there's absolutely no reason leave because even if you stay or like even if you say you won't do anything because you're not going to contribute to the person's health it's just i just think it's pretty messed up think about it for those of you who are listening and want to go into this uh to the mental health profession or whatever um think about it people from all ages are depending on you for your help people from all ages so it's technically like their life is on your hands in a way okay so just remember don't care about yourself care about the ones that you're trying to help okay put them first do what you can do okay so now we're all good we're good yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. okay. So, moving on. so again the second story i think i got this from white wreath too but it could be another site uh victim of a shameful health system as we said a recent coronial inquest into the death of a young man has revealed serious inadequacies in Logan Hospital's mental health unit. My son Liam was a 19-year-old third-year apprentice carpenter who was admitted to the Logan Hospital mental health, yeah, mental health hospital into 12, in July 12, 2006, with suicidal ideations. During the two days that he was in Logan Hospital, he was in an agitated and highly impulsive state absconding while he was being admitted and then taken back to Logan Hospital to be put into the open ward. My wife and I were warned by a nurse that he could abscond over the perimeter fence, which is exactly what he intended to do once again. He was then placed into the acute observation area. He was there for approximately 36 hours. Once again, he attempted to abscond by trying to smash the glass doors. After this, he was sedated and put into seclusion. On Friday the 14th, July at 1, 11.30 a.m., my wife was invited to a meeting with Dr. John D Davis, the director of mental health, and Dr. Ramesh Banda Wandena, I believe, psychiatric PHO. Dr. Davis had never assessed Liam before, but after a 30 to 40 minute interview, he had made a fatal decision to release Liam back to the open ward on 15 minute observations against my wife's deep concern for his safety. He had been expressing suicidal ideations over the entire two-day period that he was in the hospital. My wife insisted on a private meeting with Dr. Davis once Liam had left the room to improve him to keep him in the acute observation area. He was unmoved by her insistence. Within a very short time, Liam had scaled the perimeter fence and jumped in front of the 1 p.m. northbound train near Logan Leah Railway Station. Two weeks after Liam's death, a 17-year-old boy jumped in front of the train as well at Eden's Landing. After being refused an admission at the Logan Mental Health Unit. So he killed himself after they refused to take him. A coronial inquest handed down their findings on the 20th of March, 2009, concerning Liam's death. They found that Dr. Davis had not read Liam, Liam's medical notes. Dr. Bandawadina had not formally assessed him and that it was an error in judgment to remove him from the AOA to the open ward. There is no consideration given to increasing or changing in medication. The coroner also found that the hospital did not adequately respond to the concerns raised by us during Liam's admission. 
Dr. W.J. Kingswell, the new director of mental hospital, the mental hospital of Logan, has been quoted. Logan's mental hospital area had the poorest resource to mental health service in Queensland, and that Queensland was the poorest resource state in Australia, making this district the poorest resource to help mental health service in Australia um, as a whole. Dr. Michael Cameron, a formerly senior doctor at Logan Hospital, who left because of what he described um, of what he described as too dangerous and too dysfunctional. Obviously, he can see the problems. We are deeply concerned with the lack of resources and the worrying statistics. More than 500 people take their own lives in the state each year, overshadowing the 360 road deaths each year. If the government doesn't start funding the mental health issues raised here, unfortunately, we will see more families going through the trauma that my family has endured. So right now we're going to have to take a break and we'll, we'll talk about this story right now. We're going to have to take a break and we'll be right back. We are back from break and during the break we were talking about um, the story that we just went over, like the story that uh, was read right now. And we have something that uh, we want to share with you guys. Oh, well, they wanted me to mention this. Um, while I was, you know, I've been trying to meet with school counselors here in Canotillo for like a few times now. I've given up since then because of a certain issue. I've only met uh, the 10th grade sophomore um, counselor, Miss Blake, one time in this whole year right now. And that is because the other times I've been attempting to meet with her uh, during lunch mostly because Miss Blake asked me to, that we could follow up. Uh, I've been blocked by Hall Monitors multiple times to get into the counselor room, despite it being right next to them. And I don't know why, like it's literally right next to them. There's no reason to turn away a student who wants to go to the counselor room, especially when it's right next to you and you can view them entirely. So I haven't been meeting up with uh, Miss Blake ever since then, despite me, you know, promising her that I would, because um, every day that I am free, they just don't let me. Um, so I haven't talked with her since, but uh, the, uh, that's a thing, I guess. And I'll be honest, um, I hope I don't get in trouble for this. But it's been on my mind. Um, I think we're a little too strict on the way that the hall monitors are being. Even if we have a pass, they like inspect it fully. And I get it. I get it. Sometimes we're, we're teenagers. We're gonna do some stuff, you know. And I know that the devious looks is happening. But for reals, if you can see where the student is going, and if they said that they want to go to the counselor's office, and you can see, let them go, man. Cause like the the counselor's office is a place for kids to go if they need help, right? So that just really uh, shocked me to hear that. And I see kids who have to go to to class to do a quiz. And if they don't have a pass, then they can't go and then they're gonna get a bad grade. Like, for reals, I'm sorry. This just really makes me, uh, makes me a little mad, if I'm being honest. And I'm sure everybody here can agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, due to time, we have to move on to our next section. Um, which is ways to cope, and I'm going to hand this off to Destiny. Um, so these are some, like, ways to cope when you're feeling, like, sad or just, like, you know, you don't feel good. 
um, acceptance of the problem and move on. Just it's literally what it is like accept it. Um, listen to music. Listen to music. Um, that's what I do, and I know a lot of people do that because like a lot of people told me. So like yeah, <laughs> meditation. I heard it was really good. I don't know. Never tried it, but I might start trying it because like. Reading, reading actually helps a lot of people. It helps me. It makes me more relaxed, and it just makes me think on the topic that I'm reading. Um, catch your thoughts. Um, writing your thoughts. I hear a lot of people do that as well. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> Gaming. Um, <laughs> watching uplifting shows, movies, or videos. Uh, Maybe as well. You guys can watch The Office. <laughs> That's like my favorite show to watch. Um, <laughs> anyways, move on. Sports. Sports. Being in clubs. Um, talking to people you trust. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. I do that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, blow up. Just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a glow up. Explain it to the people. Well, like, how do you explain it? A glow up is like... Like when somebody not they don't go through a transformation, but like they just do what they do to just go from how do you say a phase to their yeah face. a phase yeah it just is make a phase, yourself though. feel better yeah like just do something to yourself like maybe they will, they wear makeup maybe they have a new style of clothing that's a global so it's something that you do yeah. to make yourself feel better about yourself yeah. confidence yeah yeah confidence to get confidence um photography um talk to yourself mm-hmm. I do that a lot. <laughs> Um, if you're religious, you could, you know, um, pray, I don't know, whatever you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, exercise, try new things, new hobbies, all that. Drawing, um, repeat positive affirmations. Dance, work out, work on toxic habits or relationships. That's a big one as well. Mm-hmm. And go out more. And of course, there are a lot more ways to cope. However, these are the big ones, and to be honest with you, I do, <laughs> I write a lot, I talk to myself, I try mm-hmm. new things, I listen to music, you know, sometimes I listen to, like, Tyler the Creator, and then I'll be happy for the rest of the day, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so now we're going to move on to our last section, which is words from campus staff, and this is from Mrs. Lopez, she is a She's just so amazing. She's an amazing teacher. She's in charge of student council and um, student leadership. She's also a history teacher. So I asked her the first question, which is, what is student council doing for Suicide Prevention Month? And this is her response. She said, it was about four years ago that our council was made aware that September is Suicide Prevention Month. One of our members told us of an idea she had uh, that would... She had... (laughs) And it was making origami butterflies. And to put a quote and a number of the suicide hotline. So from then on, we've always tried to come up with a project for it. This year, we thought it was important to put a face to the words that students uh, read, which is why we thought about creating little videos. We partnered up with the AB classes to help create the mini poems of positivity. And that's great. I'm glad that student council is getting in on the subject. It's very, I, I honestly think that other clubs should do this too. Um, however, I'm glad that student council is doing this. The second question is, have you gotten positive feedback from students 
and or other staff members on this topic through social media or face-to-face. -face. She said, there have been a few comments of positivity left on social media as well as the views and likes, yet we may have nobody come up and tell us feedback. However, we know that we're giving important information that will be heard by those that need to hear it at the moment they need it. We have, um, oh, sorry, this is the next question. We have all heard that if you're having suicidal thoughts, then you should call this number or talk to these people. But sometimes people say that and it doesn't work, you know. However, do you have any other ways that you think will help individuals with these thoughts? And she said, it's hard to say that we have a new idea because I believe the best way is to simply talk and ask straight questions. There is the phone number, which for some feels safer than confiding in a friend or family member for various reasons. However, our campus staff and counselors are always here as well. The fourth question is, what would you say to a student if they decided to come to you with their problems slash thoughts that involve them having suicidal thoughts? And her response is, the, the law is clear on what I need to do as a teacher. I stay with that person and notify authorities immediately. In terms of what I say to them, I would want to sit with them and listen. I feel that a lot of times someone just needs to feel listened to and to know that their feelings are valid, but that there are many alternative ways to deal with those feelings than suicide. And the last question that I asked was, do you have anything else that you would like to share with the Eagle community? And she said, we're here to say that it's important to know that your life matters. Your feelings are valid. Your problems are valid. You are not a burden on anyone. There are people who love and care about you. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to ask for help. And I know that <laughs> me personally, I feel like a burden whenever I tell people what I'm going through and all of that. So that's it for our first episode together. I want you guys to know, I want you listeners to know that there is hope. Things do get better. To be honest with you, I was having the worst month ever. And then now look at me, I'm, I'm happy. I thought there wasn't going to be any hope for me left. But you know what? You just got to stick through it. You know, and I got through it. Yeah, you know, it takes time to, like, yes. get um what you really, not want, but, like, what you deserve and need. Mm -hmm. It's not something that just occurs from one day to another. It takes time. And besides, like, apart from time, it also means your, like, your, um, like, some, like, your part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, you need to take part of that, too, as well as other people you can trust or even, like, um an adult or a guardian that yeah. can help you through and if and honestly if you feel you're alone and nobody supports you like that's like a really big lie like even some of like the most like the people that you're not even close with care about like care about you the most and it's like crazy just like to think that even people like that would care so much about you you know mm -hmm. and yeah i mean I'm just it, it takes time it and take there time. is hope for you and there is hope for yeah, I know that there's going to be a lot of brick walls in life. Who knows? Maybe you might get one later today. But you know what? Just, just go get through it. Okay, everything's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. So that was our first episode. I hope everybody enjoyed this. I know this was a, a very sensitive topic to talk about. However, I hope that you guys learned something, and I hope that you guys are more aware on the topic of suicide. And let's 
do our part together to prevent suicide. So thank you all for listening to our podcast episode. And remember that (laughs) we'll be back. There's always hope. And yeah. And I hope that you guys come back to listen to us. And we'll catch you all on the next one. Bye. 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 See you guys.